as Jeff said, our first reading is from Psalm 37, beginning with the third verse. And if you'd like to follow along, it's printed in the back side of your bulletin insert. And in preparation to hear these words, let us turn our hearts in prayer. Holy God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for these ancient words. And those who have prayed them throughout the ages. We ask that you would open our hearts and our minds this morning, that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. Trust in God and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Holy One, and God will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to Yahweh, trusting in God. The Holy One will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Holy, and wait patiently for God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Trust in God and do good, we are told by the psalmist. <clears throat> and we will dwell in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in God, and God will give you the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart. What are those desires, those longings, those aspirations, those cravings? of your soul. Once a young woman said to me, wrote Heifetz, or Heifetz, what is the sign of someone who knows God? I became very quiet, and I looked deep into her eyes, and then I replied, my dear, they have dropped the knife. Someone who knows God has dropped the cruel knife that most so often use upon their tender souls and others. Those who know God have let loose of the knife of judgment and the knife of self-criticism. So is this God's desire of our heart to be without judgment? In the Hermetic writings, it's recorded the desire to know God is a road that leads to God, and it is an easy road to travel. God will come to you everywhere. God will appear to you everywhere, at all times, at all places, most especially when you don't expect. While you are awake or while you are asleep, while you are traveling or while you're at home, while you are speaking or while you are silent, for there is nothing in which God does not exist. Do you believe this? I want to, but do I? You know, we explore the Spirit of God in the exact same way that we explore the spirit of another person. 
if this is true, and I believe it is, we then have to contend with these words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Plain, recorded in St. Luke, which is our gospel text this morning. Listen to these words, and Jesus is speaking. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because God is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your God in heaven is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be the measure it will be measured to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that these are some of the most difficult words of Jesus to swallow, much less live. They seem to express an idealism that is totally unrealistic and unattainable. We live in a world of great violence, a world of nationalism and selfishness, where there's increasing litigation and suing and countersuing, there's violence and the horror of possible terrorist attack. And we want to say, Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. And yet, the rub here is he did. I love how he begins this text, which is often overlooked when this text cycles through the lectionary, which it doesn't this week, but when it does, this verse is never there. I say to you who are listening. In order to understand what Jesus is really saying to us, we have to put aside our prejudices, assumptions, our judgments, that cruel knife, not using it against others nor ourselves, and then listen. Listen. You see, listening, really listening, is core to understanding those desires of our hearts and God's desire for our hearts. For you see, where our desire is linked with God's desire, it becomes the same desire. We then run up against 
the golden rule that Jesus taught us, which is equally difficult for us. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who treat you badly. Come on, Jesus. Get real. He is. So when you hear the word love, as in your neighbors, what comes to mind? Jesus isn't telling us to be in love with our enemies. He is not suggesting that we be attached to those who mistreat us. He is not even necessarily implying that we are to like our neighbors. The Greek verb used here in the gospel is agapo, where we get the noun agape or agape, pronounced each way, either way. Agape is a special type of love. It's not that physically expressed love that two lovers express for one another, that intimacy, that sexual love. That's eros. And it's not the love that we have between two good friends, like brotherly love. That's Philios, where we get the word Philadelphia, or that kind of communal love that we experience here at 7th Avenue, that's koinonia. No, agape love is holding an attitude of positive regard toward another person, regardless of how you feel about them, regardless if you agree with them, regardless if you like them or not. It's an intention for their well-being. And this, my friends, is the kind of love that God has for us. As the Irish Jesuits write, this kind of love is one-sided in that return is not expected. God reaches out in infinite love to every single person without exception. God's desire is for every person to experience this kind of love God's intention is that every single person has the fullest sense of well-being and respect. This hit home again to me this week. I was in Union Square walking up from BART, and a man grabbed my hand and asked me for some money or for some change. And I told him I didn't have any, and I really didn't. I was literally penniless. All I had were credit cards. And I said to him, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. He grabbed both my hands and he looked me in the face and he said, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you for listening to me. You made my day. And he smiled. I remembered once again what the simple act of recognition and acknowledgement can do in and bring about in another person. Agape love is the kind of love that the father in the story of the prodigal son had as he was waiting his boy's return. The father continued to love his son even at the lowest moments of the son's debauchery. This is the kind of love that God has for you and me. And what would it be like if we had that kind of love for one another? 
The late Mother Teresa of Calcutta once said, love to be loved has to hurt. I must be willing, she said, to give whatever it takes not to harm other people and in fact to do good to them. This requires that I be willing to give until it hurts. Otherwise, there is no love in me and I bring about injustice, not peace to those around me. So love, to be love, must be freely given without any expectation of return, which returns me to our original question. What is it? What is it that is the desire of your heart? What do you long for? Only you can answer that question for yourself. But for me, it is intricately linked with Jesus' teachings of loving without expecting anything in return and to listen, to really listen to one another. For in the listening, we are more able to be attentive to the nudgings of God's spirit as Mictilt of Magdeburg, that 13th century German mystic, put it, and God said to the soul, I desired you before the world began. I desire you now as you desire me. And where the desires of two come together, their love is perfected. And where there is love, there is no judgment. Where there is love, there is no criticism. Where there is love, the knife has been dropped never to do harm again to ours or another's soul. For where love is, there is respect. Friends, may this be true for each of us as we listen, attending to our heart's desires. Amen.